0: Welcome to the Visible Coaches Podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you we know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market, and get more business coming your way, all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. Welcome back to the Visible Coaches podcast with Angela and Anchor. How much should I charge for my coaching? The eternal question. When I think of my journey over the last 15 years, starting off as a voice coach at £25 an hour just because that's what my teachers charged me, to actually, to be fair, outpricing myself at one point because, you know, everybody tells you you're worth it and you need to put your prices up. And and so you put your prices up and then you kind of, you can sort of almost price yourself out of the current market that you're in. There's something important there to learn. Right the way through to actually learning about more higher ticket items and changing niches and markets and what people will and won't pay for. Understanding dynamic pricing. I mean, like the, the list is endless, isn't it, Anchor? It's like, you know, I started with the charge what you're worth brigade. And then got myself completely stuck because like, what does that mean? you know, really, in <laughs> essence, that that didn't ring wholly true. But it also had a truth to it around understanding value and leverage. Um, and it wasn't necessarily the time you took, but the result you got. So it all got a bit messy. And I still, I'll be honest, there's still times when I'm looking at programs or I'm looking at certain things and I go, should i be changing my price now is this more or valuable is there another way to do this etc there's 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 always i always play with that question personally um, so i'd love to know your thoughts on it
1: well i totally agree it's not a set in, it's never going to be set in stone you know there's always going to be something new to see based on As we get along and get more experience and from client feedback and from results we're getting. But I think one, like a couple of pieces that I've learned and a lot of them in my sewing business, you know, it's really quite in your face. Uh, First of all, it has nothing to do with me as a person. And it actually usually doesn't even have anything to do with my skills in a way. It's almost like people don't care. Right. People don't care how long. Because I used to get uh, (laughs) like remember a rant post I wrote on medium years ago when there was a forum of sewing professionals who go like, oh, I'm going to I don't want to do custom work because there's all these people who don't want to pay my prices and they don't value my work and they don't value my experience. And they always kind of push down on price. And I'm like, people don't care how long it took you to learn how to make a buttonhole like they don't care. What they care about is what's that dress worth to me, right? And I like a classic example was um, a client of mine I had at the time. She was making tutus for ballet, you know, with a boning and custom-made tutus. Gorgeous. And she'd come and she says, oh, like people always, I'm so frustrated. People don't value me. People don't value my work and me, right, and my experience and all of that because they always come and they ask about a tutu and then they don't want to pay for it. And when they hear the price, they're always shocked. Right. And when you look at it, well. They, she actually tried to sell the wrong product to the wrong people, because people people would come to her and you're your dance mom, like, you know what that's like. You take four year old Ella to a dance school because she's seen something on television, goes, oh, I want to do ballet. And then you go, oh, we need a tutu. You know, what you have in mind is some swishy tool thing. So she Mm. gets an experience and now the dressmaker goes, well, that's going to be 600 pounds and you go, holy, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. And that reaction has nothing Mm. to do with her. It has nothing to do with her experience. It's just like, you don't need a custom made to do it, you know, at this point because she might want to play football next month. Like, and it's about what this thing is valuable to people. You know, it's like that's what they're going to pay for when she tries to get into, you know, a professional dance company and she needs to look like the best she possibly can for that competition. Oh, hell yeah. These 600 pounds were going to look cheap, you know, but it's like when you sell something. So it's about when you sell it, you need to sell the right thing to the right people at the right time, you know, and it comes down to what they are valuing. And I think that's like the key point of it. So whatever you're selling, it's about what's the value people perceive and how can you see how can you help them understand why this is worth their money and their time and, and everything and at the same time if you've never sold a ten thousand dollar program you know if you've not really coached anybody and i see it all the time people are like oh you need to kind of charge your worth and out of the gate here working with me for three months is good you have to charge five thousand they're never going to get a client Because if you've not actually got the experience, and you've you and you like Rich Lipman always says, the first sale Mm -hmm. is to yourself. And if you have the slightest piece of doubt, you're not going to sell it, you know. And uh, there's this whole if you can't pull off selling it because you go like, oh my god, I wouldn't buy, (laughs) you know, you're going to have a really hard time convincing somebody else of the worth if you're not really convinced, you know. So I think getting your practice full is more important than charging your worth because when you have a wait list, it's really easy to raise your prices, right? So I think there is like, you know, you need to be flexible and, and try some things out and you can't, I don't think most people can't pull off charging high high prices when they're still baby code. That's
0: really interesting, isn't it? Because I also know, and I'm just going to say it, I know some people that They become the unicorns, as it were. They've gone into a coaching program. They have charged more and they have gone out and got it. But I think there's something either in their experience or their level of confidence that up to that point has been like the bamboo underneath the ground. It's been, you know, sort of growing and growing and growing and suddenly it's got unleashed and then it's actually, uh, you know, flourished pretty quickly. For me, that happened in 2019 when I moved from voice coaching for singers into corporate training for senior leaders and to do the speaking because it literally went from earning, you know, the same amount in a whole month I earned in a day. But what people on the outside didn't see is that I'd crafted my ability for 10 years in that environment. to, and I wasn't scared and I didn't have have any doubt at all in delivering that, in that, in that way. And in those goods, as it were, I remember that there was just not an sense of self doubt. Now, roll on Uh, you know I'm always honest with our visible club members so I might as well be honest with you here but when I started the visible club in 2020 and I knew that I really wanted to play a different game in business I wanted to understand business for me for other people I've always been the type of person that um that starts something and then learns it and then wants to take other people along on the journey as it were which if you go back to podcasts around with, with Elon Musk, you'll see how important maybe that part of the, the, the process is. But I didn't know what to charge. I'd never gone into a, a kind of membership group program, etc., before. What was really interesting about it, I just took what everybody else said. In fact, I took a program and I, said, and I took what he said. And this is maybe the interesting sort of dichotomy than this. I started really low, but I didn't have an audience and the effort that it takes to to do more group program work when you don't have an audience and also you don't have a a brand uh, perception in the marketplace you haven't got that brand perception online which makes it very different to the specialist bespoke work that i was doing previously um when you haven't got that you suddenly are working very hard and you're not getting anything from it and, and people do give up it's it's the wrong again wrong price point I hadn't really honed at that point how what I was going to transfer all of my skills into in a, a more sort of group mentorship I hadn't worked it out who I was really working with but that got refined pretty quickly when when you came on board and also when I met different mentors who really you know kind of challenged me on what we were delivering to people and the actual holistic approach that we took, plus the strategic approach. And also my personal re- realises how much I loved to be handholding, how much I loved to be working with people and realising that when you're at the baby stage or you're pivoting, you actually need a lot of handholding. And I enjoyed that. I suddenly realised that prices needed to change. And we raised them to an appropriate price for people that were serious about actually, you know, putting that in. And we changed the nature of the business model to to work with that and the pricing. And I think that's an important place to to say to people the evolution of how this can work is that I didn't wait until it was all perfect. I just, I kind of just changed it as we, as we went along, as I learned more about the value that we were bringing, the type of, uh, ecosystem or the type of cohort that we were trying to help or bring together. Um, and, and I'm always then reflecting on price. And the important part for me was when I could sell it at that price and I could describe the value to people and the journey that were taken and they saw the value of it and they bought it at that price, then I knew it was validated. And then the rest of that was around brand perception and marketing. And I knew that that was the different game to play. But, but before I'd hit on that sweet spot where I was content for the moment and I had people that I really wanted to help and we were doing good work with them and they were getting good results, um, there, was, there had to be a, a flexible approach. And it was quite hard. I found it quite hard to initially really discern the value I remember saying to you I can't sell what I can't see what are we really doing here for people what's different about what we do how can I go out and justify that in um in my language and in in the work that we do and we had loads of conversations about that
1: and that's the thing that's the thing that I think people always try and skip that bit you know we've talked about it so often it's like You cannot figure this stuff out in your head, sitting at your desk by yourself, you know, come out with the perfect pricing strategy. Because again, like you're only half of the equation, right? It also depends on the people you're talking to, you know, who you want to serve, what they see, how you communicate, what the value is, whether they want that thing, you know. And and so it is a matter of, I think the main thing is to get started, like just start somewhere. Right. And then you'll see, well, hmm, at this price point, if that's what I'm offering at this price point, doesn't bring in the people I want. Or, yeah, I quite I quite like it, but it's not sustainable because it takes up too much of my time or maybe people don't really get the result because it's not enough of what they need. So you'll get the feedback that will allow you to adjust and evolve and and improve until you get to a point where, going, yeah, you know, this feels really right now. There is a sweet spot. And the thing is, the sweet spot's not going to last forever because I would swear at some point we'll go again like, hmm, what are we doing? How can we improve it? Is there like, what if there was an higher end mastermind that we can pull out of here? Or what if there's, if we had some other entry yeah. level, like we will keep thinking about other ways of serving people, better ways of serving things that work for them and that work for us. So it's an evolution. You kind of come to a point where it sits for a while and you're content and you're going to make it more efficient then, but, it's going to evolve again. And especially when you're starting out, it doesn't really matter what you do as long as you offer something and somebody says, Oh no, I don't really see the point of that. Well, that's valuable information, right? So that gives you what you need to make the adjustment so that you can offer something different or the same thing to somebody else and start narrowing it in from there. But it's that process that, And I think with us, it really helps to have the conversations between us, right? That's why I think for somebody to get support is really important, because this is really hard to figure out on your own, you know, and to get yourself to seek those conversations that can feel awkward. And, and, you know, so to have that sounding board where somebody kind of so, well, actually, what the heck are you doing? Just, you know have you thought about this? It's really, really helpful and we benefit from those conversations we have. That's why I think we've been able to make those changes and come up with those um, offers faster than somebody can do on their own. But you don't need a business partner to do it. You just, you know, be helpful yeah. to have some support to get that Yeah, get so that just
0: in, in closing, I think the thing that I wanted to leave you all with is with the question, how much should I charge? I almost want to say it depends and it doesn't matter because price is at you, whatever you start with, it's a starting point. If you sell it at that price, it doesn't mean that you keep exactly. it at that price. It means that the next time you sell it and improve it, you could probably increase that price until you come to a point where the market will will stop paying it and then you can play with where is the sweet spot. There's no reason to stay at a low price and there's no reason to try trying to flogging a high price that isn't actually filling your roster up yet. As we said, the most important thing is getting people to work with gives you that credibility, gives you that reputation. That then helps you to create more brand perception. Um, As soon as you do that, then you can start to play with your pricing and the changes and you might find that you get completely content at one place lovely nothing wrong with that or you might suddenly go I'm ready now and I can feel it in me I'm ready for a new a new price change and that's like turning up the thermostat and you're going to feel a bit uncomfortable when you do raise that price um you know you'll think that people can't oh my people can't afford it and actually it's important then to come away from your conceptions around price and to start play with asking for more or changing that, that thermostat so that you can work out where actually is the minimum and the maximum that you want to go out for and that the marketplace will charge and that becomes the dynamic idea of pricing we see it with petrol we see it with fuel we see it with food in the shops all the time Pricing is always changing depending on different forces and factors that they have to deal with. And so there's nothing set in stone around your pricing. You just have to start somewhere and move from there. So until next time, take care. Take care.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches Podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, This podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. To grab this episode's free resource, visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time.